As I mentioned, we're so honored today to have missionary uh, Jacob Tapia. They are getting ready to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota, not to plant one church, but to seek to plant multiple churches to become a place where people can be sent out around not only the metropolitan area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, but all across the state of Minnesota and maybe around the world. Missionaries are not just usually about one place, but they're about seeing the work of God done everywhere that they go. I've known Brother Tapia since, I guess, 20 years ago this uh, past August. He came as a freshman to Gateway College of Evangelism, where I was campus pastor, and so saw him for four years as a student, saw what God was doing in his life, and then when I became vice president, he succeeded me as campus pastor for one year, filled in uh, for the, the first year that I was not campus pastor, and that interim had gotten married, and he and his wife have three wonderful children. You're going to see them. Uh, maybe you see them on the screen back behind me, but uh, we want him to come today, share his burden, his vision, and he's going to say a few remarks, and then he's going to show a video, and then at the end of the video, we'll have the children's ministry uh, go to their place. We'll let them stay through the opening remarks and video. He's a man, as you can see, of many talents. He can sing, he can play, he can preach, he can impersonate just about anybody. And he's been doing that since he was eight years old. He told us uh, the last couple of days that he did his first banquet at the age of 12, where he was the entertainment impersonating people. And many of the people he impersonated are part of our apostolic movement, and so you may not know them, but uh, if you close your eyes uh, when he does President Trump, you might think that President Trump is in the room and he does a few other people. So I don't know if he's going to do any of that for you. If, you. if you look like you're bored to death, he may throw out some stuff. He may, you never know what's going to happen. But why don't you uh, welcome them and plan on preaching with him today. God bless you with the top of you. Love you. Amen, amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Look at somebody and give them a big smile, sanitized, sanctified smile. Amen. Isn't it great to be with all of you today? Everybody's looking good. You can be seated. God bless you. Uh, it is such a great honor for me to be here uh, with all of you, and I thank God for uh, any time we have an opportunity to be with uh, people that are seeking the Lord, that are trusting Him, seeking after God, and uh, we're so thankful for what He's doing here in Olathe, Kansas. Amen. Uh, it's an honor to be with uh, your pastor today, his wife, and, and this family. They've been so kind to me, uh, got me a very nice hotel room, uh, gift basket, all kinds. Anytime you give a, a minister food, that's always a blessing, amen. So they've been taking good care of me, amen. And uh, I've been so blessed and thankful. Uh, it's like that guy, he, uh, he said, I've gotten so big during COVID, he said, I'm starting to get fan mail from Captain Ahab, amen. But anyway. It's, uh, it is a blessing to be here with all of you, and I thank God for his kindness to me, and none of us would be here without the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God, amen. He's been faithful, praise God, and I, I do want to um, just say uh, Pastor Blackburn has been such a, a friend to me over the years, and uh, we did mention we worked together at Bible school. And I always admired his ability to organize and, and structure things and get things done. And I appreciate that about him. And what a beautiful uh, place this is and how the Lord has blessed this congregation. 
Amen. Let's give God just a, a hand clap and thank Him for what He's done. Amen. It's God. He's done it. Praise God. But He's done it through you. He's done it through the people of God. Those of you that are so faithful and uh, worshiping the Lord, coming and giving and sharing, praying, everything that you do, uh, it's all a big part of that. And Sister Crystal, it's good to see you. Thank you for uh, your friendship to our family. Appreciate that so much. These kids, uh, Anna and, and uh, Anthony, I think he's out here somewhere. Praise God. Oh, there he is. All right. All the way in the back. We'll get him up front one of these days. Praise God. Oh, I'm teasing. Good to see you, Anthony. Amen. And I do want to uh, give honor briefly to the Hill House family, Brother Sister Hill House, and uh, their kindness to me. And uh, I, we've been praying for them, and we thank you for uh, sharing us and opening and being kingdom-minded, really what it is being kingdom-minded. And I thank you, uh, Brother Hill House, for uh, your investment in the kingdom, your investment in us. Thank you for uh, believing in missions. Amen. Thank you for making this happen today. Praise God. What a blessing it is uh, for us to be here. So, uh, as your pastor mentioned, we are going to Minneapolis, greater Minneapolis metro area. How many ever been to Minneapolis? Anybody ever been to Minneapolis? Okay, a few of you. All right. Been to Minneapolis. Have you been there? Maybe you've heard somebody say, okay, yeah, sure, you betcha there, you know. All right. Oh, yeah, sure. That's kind of how they, they talk up there. And I remember I had an Aunt Beverly that lives down in, uh, in, in uh, St. James, Minnesota. She said, oh, Jacob, how you doing? Yeah, putting on a little weight there, are you? You know, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, Uncle Milton's been on the roof for three days now. I don't know why. No, anyway, yeah, it's just I grew up in Minnesota, and I'm so thankful for my roots. We'll be able to go back to Minnesota and plant a church in the greater Minneapolis metro and uh, we have such a wonderful opportunity. We're so thankful for it. About four years ago, I was an assistant pastor at a church in Illinois. I had a, a, a great salary. I had two vehicles we paid off. They were used, but they were paid off. I had a, a house. I had a very easy job. I, I didn't have to have a lot of stress on my job as far as that was concerned. And yet I felt like the Lord was leading me to, to plant a church, to do something beyond where I was. And I struggled with that. Uh, I ended up selling our home. We, we sold one of our vehicles. We moved in with my in-laws for a year. And we began to, and I had just finished a master's program. Anybody know what a master's of business administration teaches you to do? It teaches you to make wise financial decisions. And I went and made one of the silliest financial decisions I could ever make, and that was to travel and evangelize. And people would ask me, they said, well, well, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm evangelizing. What does that mean? Well, you, you go to different churches all around the United States, and you preach, and, and you reach for, for hearts to, to know the Lord. And, and uh, they would say, well, how much do you make every week? I said, well, whatever they pay me. They said, well, how much is that? I said, well, whatever they give me. I've never charged a set fee. And you can see their mind just kind of go. So you don't know how much you're going to make every week. You don't know where you're going to be every week because you have to set your own schedule. It's not like somebody does that for you. You have to call and you have to uh, connect with people. And so you don't have any consistency in your life. I'd say, yeah. And you can see their mind just go. Why? Because sometimes when God speaks to you, when you have a word from God, it doesn't always make sense. But if you believe that God is calling you, sometimes you just step out in faith. 
and say, I don't, I don't have the answer right now. I don't know. I can't tell you what's going to happen. We went, in, we went under, <laughs> we went in the red every year, and my wife's pulling her hair out. She's one of those really structured people, likes to have everything in place. I could live in a cardboard box down by the river. It doesn't matter to me. I love it. I grew up in it. I'm the second of nine kids, best-looking one out of all of them, so I'm told. But anyway, I could, just, I could live just by myself, wherever I want to go. And it was a struggle. It was a battle. There were many times I was depressed and frustrated. God, what's going on? But the Lord has led us to go to Minneapolis. God has provided for our needs. He's blessed us the last year we've been traveling. We put on 50,000 miles in the last 11 months. And God has been faithful. God has been faithful. Folks, when you step out in faith, God will open the doors. God will make a way. I really want to encourage somebody today. Maybe God is speaking to you. And you're saying, I just don't know if I can do that. I just don't know if I could really do what, what, uh, what God's calling me to do. I want you to know God will provide. God will make a way. God will strengthen you for that journey. And I want to show you just a little bit about where we're going in Minneapolis. Can we play that video at this time about greater Minneapolis and our family? Thank you. My name is Jacob Tapia, and I'm a Metro missionary to the beautiful area called the Greater Minneapolis Metro. And in the midst of this beautiful city is a great need. The metro area in Minneapolis is home to more than three and a half million people. And it's expected to grow by more than 300,000 in the next 10 years. It is a city where 23% of the constituents say that they have no religious affiliation. That's close to one million people. There's a great need in this city. Our burden is to spread the gospel into the greater Minneapolis metro area. We have a vision to raise up an apostolic disciple-making church that will reach the lost, disciple believers, plant churches, and train leaders for ministry. Would you join with us in our burden? Here's a couple ways you can join us. First of all, join us in prayer. Help us intercede for this city like Jesus interceded for Jerusalem. Secondly, we ask that you'd partner with us financially. Uh, your one-time donation or monthly commitment will help us to get back on site and do the work that God has called us to do. We're asking God to give us partners and fellow laborers to reach this harvest field. Help, help us plant a church in greater Minneapolis. Amen. That's where we're going. Greater Minneapolis. Praise God. Amen. And we're so excited about this church and your pastor that has agreed to partner with us. And so I'm asking you, uh, those that are members here, I'm asking you to consider giving to missions, giving in this local congregation, helping to support going to other cities. The, the metro area in Minneapolis has over 60,000 Spanish-speaking people. And guess whose last name is Tapia? Hallelujah. Hablo español un poquito. Amen. I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but you know what? I know that God has called us to go to reach all peoples, to reach all nationalities, to go into the city, wherever that is, whomever God would send us to. Amen. And so we're thanking you and, and appreciating this church for giving to missions. You didn't say, well, you know, Brother Tommy, I, I couldn't do a $50 partnership a month, but maybe I could give $5 a month. Pastor, maybe I can do $10 or $1. 
and the kids can be dismissed. Thank you. Give them a hand as they're going. All right. Thank God for our children's ministry. Praise God. But you can give to the things of God. Amen. Stand with me if you would. And uh, if you want to make a one-time donation, we do have uh, options in the back. I have a table that's set up. We've got some uh, stickers and cards to give away. Please stop by our booth and uh, get something before you leave as a reminder to pray for our mission. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. We're going to read um, three verses of Scripture here, verses 11 through 13. And in this particular passage, it's good to see uh, Brother Rose with us today. Thank you for being here, uh, Brother Rose. We appreciate you and, and the work you're doing. Uh, when I come into a district or a group of churches, uh, there are people that set our schedule and help us get places to present our mission. And so, uh, Brother Rose has been so kind to help us in that. Thank you so much. Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he shall ask a or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. And I want to talk to you for a little while. Now, they said I could preach till one, but you're leaving at noon, so I'll keep that in mind. That was a joke, by the way. We're going to talk a little bit today about hungry for more, hungry for more. Can we pray and just ask God to be with us now the remainder of our time together? Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone that's gathered in this place. Thank you for the giving, the prayers, the singing, the worship, everything that's going on today. We ask you to have your way now the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In this particular passage, Jesus is talking about prayer and how to access the things of God. That when we come to God, we have to be consistent in asking God for our needs. Now, when you have a spouse, or, and I've been married 14 years, I know I look like I'm 12, but I am 38. I would be 40, but I was sick of you and born a year late, so it threw me off. But anyway, you know, as being married for 14 years, uh, I have learned that there is uh, a way that you can tell someone you love them. You can say, yeah, I love you. How does that feel? Uh, I love you. Or you can say, I love you. And that, anyway, I won't get into that. Praise God. There's a certain feeling when you approach someone and you say, you know what, I, I appreciate you. I, I thank you for what you have done. I appreciate it. And then if you've got teenagers, you know what it's like. You know, Thanks. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. There's an attitude that comes with it. And when we approach God, we have to have the right attitude. You see, we can say the right prayers. We can say, uh, we can read a prayer. We can hear someone pray and we can say, well, I think I'll attach to that prayer. But when you want something from God, when you have a need in your life, when you desire something from the Lord, there's an attitude change that you have and you come to God with a desire, with an intensity. It's different than any other time in your life. When I was in Bible school, uh, and, and your pastor may remember this, 
they had a line, they had a door that would swing open. It was a big wooden door, and uh, the chef would always open that door right at the time that uh, lunch was going to happen, and there would be a long line of, of students. There may be 40, 50 students in line, and I'd be way in the back of the line, and all of a sudden that door would open up, and there would be people standing just sitting over here in couches and chairs playing checkers or ping pong. And as soon as that door would open, they had to have a conversation with the person that was in the front of the line. That used to make me so mad. Like, I've been sitting here waiting for a half an hour in this line, and you're going to run in the front and jump in there? You know what? They were hungry. Folks, hunger can make you do strange things sometimes. When you get hungry, you're going to do... Anybody ever heard of the term hangry? How many of you get hangry? You know what it's like. There's some, you're, you're hungry, and all of a sudden somebody says, do you need something to eat? Because you've been snapping at everybody. You've been upset. You're, you, you just want to get going. You're, you're uptight, and all of a sudden you get a cheeseburger and everything smooths out. Hallelujah. Like Mahaney said, hallelujah. I was eating, walking down the streets of Jerusalem eating a bucket of fried chicken. Hallelujah. I ran out of chicken, so I was eating the bucket. Anyways, old, old preacher friend, amen. But you know, our hunger can cause us to go out of protocol. Our hunger can cause us to cut in line. Our hunger can make us do strange things. But you know, that's the way it is with God. I've seen people in a service where they were very reserved. Maybe they, they didn't have, uh, maybe they, they, everything was just fine. They, they didn't need anything. They were just there kind of enjoying the service, just visiting. And then I saw someone that maybe they needed healing in their body. Maybe they had a report from the doctor that said, you've got cancer and it's incurable, inoperable, and there's no way that you can live for the next few months. And I've seen them lift their hands and crying and weeping and seeking after God, saying, Lord, I need you. God, I need a miracle in my life. I've seen them walk in the aisle and walk down to the front and, and cause a disturbance, seeking God, talking to the Lord. And then maybe somebody else is thinking, well, I don't need anything. But that one that needs something from God, they're willing to do whatever they can do. They want to call upon Him. They will step out of the protocol because when you are hungry for God, it changes things. It changes things and God responds. Praise God. You see, when we call out to the Lord, when we hunger after God, after the things of God, things begin to change. I was in a church in East St. Louis, and uh, it was a very, very, uh, very bad area, but there was a man, his name was Clarence Jackson, and he had gone to pastor this church. He'd been shot two times. He used to run drugs, sell cocaine on the streets, and I don't know anything about that. I was raised in the church. I had a uh, raising a good family. We never had anybody get shot in our family. But he was from a rough area of town. And I visited that church, and I remember seeing a lady. She was on her hands and knees crawling around the front. And I was thinking, ay, 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 what's going on here? I didn't know what was happening. But you know what? Brother Jackson got up. He said, listen, he said, you see Darlene here. See how she's on her hands and knees worshiping the Lord, praising God, clapping her hands, jumping around. He said, that may seem strange to you. 
He said, but I remember Darlene when we were walking the streets selling crack cocaine. And Darlene told me, he said, she told me, she said, I used to get on my hands and knees and fumble around trying to find a little grain of crack cocaine to feed my flesh to feed my body. She said, I don't want to do anything less for the Lord. She said, I want to be just as hungry for God as I was for that little grain of crack cocaine. Friends, sometimes we need to have a little bit of hunger in our hearts that says, God, I want to worship you with everything that I have. God, I want to love you with everything that I am. I want to praise you, God. And when you hunger after God, God begins to move. God begins to bless. God begins to speak to our hearts. And so Jesus is asking this questions of parents. If your son asks you for bread, which is a source of nourishment, would you give him a stone? Would you give him rocks? Now in those days, they would take up rocks to stone people and kill them if they had committed a great sin. And, and so it represented death. Now, last time I checked, if you eat rocks, you're going to die. Is that how it is now? Some little kid, you know, they're on the playground, they're picking up rocks, putting it in their mouth, slapping out of their hand. Don't eat that, crazy kid. What are you doing? Why? Because they're going to die. It, it will harm them. In the same way, Jesus said, if a son asked you for fish, would you give him a serpent? No, you wouldn't give that. Here, go. No, Junior, here, go take this snake. Go play with it. No, really, go on. It's absurd. Because we know that that serpent could bite that child and that venom goes straight to their heart and stop their heart. In the same way, he said, if, you, if your son would ask you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? No. You wouldn't give them something that could inflict pain or death on that child. And so he's talking about a relationship. He's talking about the father. He's talking about you and I. That even if you aren't a parent today, even if you aren't someone that has children, if a child were to come to you and say, I'm hungry, I need something to eat, you wouldn't just send them away. You wouldn't just uh, slap them and say, get out of here. I, I don't care about that. No. You would want to feed them. You, you would see that they're helpless, that they need nourishment, that they're undernourished, that they're struggling. You would give them something to eat to the best of your ability. Is that right? You know what we do to people that don't, help their children, that put, lock them in cages, that uh, totally put them in, just, just cast them aside and they're malnourished. You know what we do to people like that? We put them in jail. Because they're abusing children. We understand there is a natural affection in the heart of any person to want to help a child that is hungry. And Jesus is saying it's the same way with God. If you'll come to the Father, if you'll come to Him with hunger in your heart and say, God, I'm hungry for more of You. I want You to move in my life. If you want the blessings of God, if you come seeking after His Spirit, seeking after His presence, Lord, I need it in my life. He said, God's not going to turn you away. There, there's nothing in Him that's going to turn you away. In fact, He wants to bless you. He wants to pour out His Spirit upon you. And some of us, if, if you have ever struggled in your relationship with your earthly father, sometimes we look at it, we look at God the way we look at our father. We see a flawed person. We see somebody who maybe wasn't there. We see somebody that, wasn't, that was absent in our lives. Somebody that maybe hurt us or caused us pain. And it's hard for us 
to rely upon our Father sometimes. If you didn't have that experience, thank God. Thank God for that. But Jesus is trying to let us know that the Father loves us. That God cares about us. That He wants to fulfill the needs in our lives. So we need to pray like we're His children. We need to pray with intensity. We need to pray like God is looking down upon us with love and with compassion to fulfill every need. Now, folks, I have three beautiful children. My son, Landon, has just turned 12 a couple of days ago. My daughter, Elena, is nine. And uh, my little baby girl is 19 months, little Anissa Eleanor. And I can tell you this, when my little darling, Elena Danae, when we're walking through the, the store and we get up to the front area, and I look down, and all of a sudden she's got a little doll or she's got this candy bar or something in her hand. She says, Dad, can I please have this? There's something, you fathers know what I'm talking about. There's something in your heart that you just want to give them whatever they want. And sometimes I tell her, say, no, honey, I can't. I, we're not going to get anything. We don't need that today. Uh, and, and I don't have any cash on me. You parents ever said that. I don't have any cash. She said, well, Dad, just use one of those credit cards. You got one of those. You got all kinds of money on that thing. In her mind, it's an unlimited supply. My dad can buy whatever, he, whatever I want because he has a credit card. Now, she doesn't understand all that. I've got to pay it off, too. But you know what? I wish we could look at God like that. That whatever I need, God has the supply. Whatever, I, if it's an emotional need, if I'm struggling, if I'm depressed, if I'm discouraged, if I'm facing uh, insurmountable odds, that God has the answer. That God can give me strength. Some of you, you lack friends. You don't have any friends. You're saying, God, I wish I had a friend. You know what? You can call upon Him and ask Him and He will provide the friends. Some of you are facing financial difficulties. I want you to know, God has the answer. God has the provision. God can make a way. Some of you right now are dealing with issues in your family, in your home, and you're saying, God, I don't know how this is going to come to pass. I don't know how you can fix this, but I want you to know God is able. God has the supply. He is the God who has a supply for us. Every good thing, James says, every good and perfect gift, James 1.17, is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God wants to pour out His presence in our lives. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Let's clap our hands and just thank God for that today. Come on, say thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. And so Jesus said, if you being evil, in other words, you've made mistakes. You've messed up. Nobody's perfect. In here. You think you're perfect? Ask your family. They'll let you know. You say, do I have any imperfections? They'll say, let me tell you something. You've got a huge imperfection. And anyway, you don't know who that is. Praise God. We all know that we're imperfect. But he says, if you have enough sense to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? He was talking about the Holy Spirit, the presence of God coming to live in our lives. The first instance we ever have of that is on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, where the scripture says they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Acts chapter 2. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you might say, this is exciting, right? This is the birthday of the church. This is the first time that people are being filled with the power of the Spirit. And you could say, well, how do you know that? How did you know they received the Spirit? 
Well, we could look at their works, right? A year later, we could see that their life has been transformed, that they've been changed. We could see five years down the road that they are now living according to the things of God. They're following Him. But in that moment, they knew they received the Holy Ghost. How did they know? What was the sign? What was the evidence? What was the cry? If you had a baby that was born, you would say, oh, that baby's been born. How do you know? You can hear the cry. You can hear the evidence. You know that there's a sound. What was the sound? For the Scripture says this, for they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, I know a little bit of Spanish. Yo hablo español un poquito. Mi nombre es Jacob Tapia. Uh, Mi mamá es americana. Mi papá es uh, boliviano. Aleluya. I know a little bit of Spanish, but you know what? I learned that Spanish. But there was a time when I was eight years old and I was at a, a, a meeting and I was sitting in the back, wasn't thinking about anything. But all of a sudden I felt, you know what? I need to receive the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want God to fill me with his power, with his presence. And I walked down to the front area, just a front area. And I, I nobody was pushing me. Nobody was kicking me. Nobody saying, Jake, get up there and pray. It was a hunger in my heart. At eight years old, I sensed there was a hunger in my heart for more of God. I lifted up my hands and I began to say, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. I worship. you." I began to just praise God. I began to worship him and 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 exalt him and thank him. And all of a sudden I began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God began to flow through me in a language I had never learned before. Folks, I'm telling you, if you're hungry for God, it doesn't matter what your age. Is. It doesn't matter what your background is. You can have the power of the Spirit working in your life. I was preaching at a church in Illinois, and there was a man that was there. He was sitting in a wheelchair. He was 92 years old. And I was thinking, man, this guy is, is an old dude. <laughs> Amen. And I walked up to him after the service. I said, sir, I said, have you ever received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues? He said, no. He said, but my wife got it a couple weeks ago. He said, and I'm kind of mad about it that she got it before I did. (laughs) I guess he's a little competitive. I don't know. But I said, well, sir, if you'll lift your hands to the Lord, surrender to God, he will pour out his spirit upon you. And you'll begin to feel the power of the Holy Ghost come upon you. He lifted up his hands, 92 years old, in a wheelchair. But there was a hunger for God. You see, it doesn't matter where you are physically. It doesn't matter the state of your body or where you even are. He was sitting in a wheelchair. But you know what? The power of God began to flow upon him. And he lifted up his hands. He began to worship God. And all of a sudden, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance at 92 years old. What am I trying to say? If you're hungry for God, if you want more of God in your life, God will fill you with His power. He will fill you with His glory. And his Thank God for that. Praise God. And so in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the Apostle Peter stood up and he began to talk to those people that were there. They, they recognized that they had sinned. They recognized that they had, had a murderous attitude toward Jesus, that they had slain the Lord. And they said, what do we need to do? How can we be saved? How can we have our lives changed and transformed and turned around? Here's what the Apostle Peter said to them. He said, repent. Repent is turn around. You've got to turn away from that attitude, that murderous spirit, those actions, those things you've done. Turn from it. And then he said this, and be baptized. The word baptized means to dip, to fully immerse. 
He said, be baptized, every one of you. Hold on just a minute. Well, those of you that want to, you can be baptized. He said, every one of you. And how did he say to do it? In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness, the washing away of your sins. And then he said this, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you, verse 39, and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm thankful that I was afar off. I was, I'm not a Jewish person. I don't have a lineage, a background, a heritage. My dad's an immigrant. He came over from Bolivia, uh, South America, and he came here with, with just the clothes on his back and a couple dollars in his pocket. Didn't know any English. And uh, he was at a house... Uh, living with his brother and someone knocked on his door and taught him a Bible study and taught him about the things of God. He repented. He was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. He's been doing a work in Austin, Minnesota, baptizing people and seeing a work done in the things of God. I want you to know God doesn't look at your background. He doesn't look at where you're from. He doesn't look at your where maybe you don't have a background in the church or maybe you don't know a lot about the things of God. But are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for the things of God because if you're hungry for more of God he will fill you he'll pour out his power he'll give you his presence stand with me if you would I'm closing I know that God wants to do a work here today amen and so what I've tried to say here today is folks and I know I've been kind of all over the place but when you reach out to God you'll find that God is reaching out for you. And you may say, well, you know, you don't know the things I've done. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know. No, I don't. I don't need to know. My question is, are you hungry? Do you want more of God? Now, folks, we all need more of God. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need more of God in their life. And I'm so thankful that when we come to Him, we can find His provision in our lives. Praise God. You know, God's working. God knows how to work. God knows how to prepare things and, and lead us. I was, and I close with this. I'll turn this back over to your pastor. But I was, uh, I was visiting the George Floyd Memorial a few months ago. And I stood at the spot where this, you know what I'm talking about, George Floyd, the tragedy that took place in, in Minneapolis. And I stood at the spot where this man lost his life so tragically. I saw the outline where his body, they had traced an outline where his body had laid. They painted a mural, there were flowers, people were, I, I heard people venting and screaming, cursing. I saw the burned out buildings, I saw the businesses that had closed down. I, I could feel the pain and the hurt that was there, the brokenness. And I thought to myself, you know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life. And as I stood at the spot where this man so tragically died, I heard some gospel music playing. And I looked over to my right, and across the way, there's a little mission. And this little mission house, just a little building, maybe just like, it was a storefront, just like this, this facility right here. And, and they had closed down having services, but they had set up tents outside their little storefront. 
and they were giving away food. They had a grill going, and they had gospel music playing. And during the, during the height of the protest, at the very peak when there was rioting and protests and there was uh, violence, there was all kinds of things going on, they had a baptismal tank set up outside of that building, and they were baptizing people in the name of Jesus. What am I saying? Even in the midst of the darkest time in that city, there was somebody that said, I'm hungry for God. And the darkness could not stop what God was doing. I want to tell somebody today, there is nothing that can stop you from getting more of God. There is nothing in your past. There is nothing that has happened. There is nothing. I don't care how much chaos is in your life. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. If you'll reach out to God, if you will call upon Him, if you will say, Lord, fill me with Your power. Fill me with Your Spirit. God, I want more of You. I want Your power to live in my life. I want you to know God will fill you. Maybe somebody right now, you're feeling the power of the Spirit. You feel the presence of God. Some people have described it as something pushing on their stomach. I've heard people say, I felt goosebumps. I've heard people say, I, I have get a warm feeling. I've seen people fall back shaking and sitting back in their chair under the power of God. Everybody responds differently. But what that is, is it's God saying, I want to flow through you. I want to be your strength. I want to walk with you. Some of you are walking through some dark times. And the Lord is saying, I want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I want to, I want to walk with you. You don't have to walk alone. You, you don't have to go through these trials alone. I know you face some difficulties. I know there's been some challenges, but God is saying, I want to fill you. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for more? So here's what I want us to do. We're going to take a couple of minutes. I want everybody to, we're going to close our eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. This isn't about, it isn't about you and me. It's about us connecting with God. We're going to close our eyes in just a minute. We're going to close our eyes and we're going to lift our hands. This is a sign of surrender. I'm not saying you got to, you know, I'm not saying anybody has to go crazy here today. You do what you feel comfortable. But if you'll reach out to God, you begin to talk to the Lord. Say, God, I need more of you. Folks, that's what I was doing as an eight-year-old kid, just saying, God, I want more of you. Fill me. I want your spirit. I want your power. I want your presence. And as I begin to worship God, as I begin to call upon him and ask him, I felt the power of God come upon me. And I just began to open up and praise Him and surrender to God. And He took control of my lips and my tongue and began to speak through me. And you know, I really feel like that's what God wants to do today. Somebody, you've been saying, God, I want more of you. God, I want your spirit. Flow through me. Here's what I want us to do. We're going to sing. We're going to worship the Lord. I want us to just lift our hands to the Lord and close our eyes and begin to worship God. And if you're feeling the power of the Spirit, I want you to let it flow. Just let Jesus speak through you. Let His presence begin to flow through you. It happened in the Bible, and it can happen here today. I know that God is going to do it right now. Let's just surrender to God. Let's lift our hands, Lord. Anthony, can we sing a little bit? Can we worship the Lord? Amen. Let's, let's talk to God right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you. God, we need your presence. We need your spirit. We want you to flow in this place right now. Lord, have your way. Fill somebody with your power.